Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Time now for another Bob and Tom Extra. This is Christopher. You know, we get you to work every morning on the Bob and Tom Show. Now every afternoon at 3, we're going to post a little extra for you to get you laughing on your way home or whenever you download this thing. Coming up on the show today, former Saturday Night Live star and comedian Daryl Hammond. Right after this word. I can't believe it's another snowstorm. This winter's never going to end. I know. I wish we could afford to go somewhere warm. Or perhaps someplace hot. Hey, where'd you come from? You just materialize as if spawned by a vortex of evil. (laughs) I smell burning sulfur. Now, what's this about someplace hot? That's right. Not just warm. Not just hot. But scorching. The kind of heat that peels the skin right off your bone. <laughs> Why lay on the beach when you can recline on the shores of an unending lake of fire? Hmm, that sounds great. Honey, don't listen to him. I, I think he's talking about hell. Hades, the river stick, Satan's crib, whatever you call it, it's the same vacation hotspot that everyone's talking about. And now, thanks to Frigamall Timeshares, you don't have to wait to find out if hell is part of your eternal reward. Just come for a long winter weekend. There's always something to do, whether you like swimming in a river of superheated vomit, being fed your own severed toes by a cackling demon, or bungee jumping using your own large intestines as a bungee cord. We've got it all. Wait a minute. Did you say timeshare? Does that mean we have to sit through some stupid presentation? (laughs) Yeah, but it's only for two hours, and you'll have hideous squawking birds pecking at your eyeballs the whole time. Really, with our winter climate and many celebrity residents, the place practically sells itself. (laughs) Then afterwards, you can enjoy an all-you-can-eat trough of regurgitated bile and gristle. (laughs) Sounds so bad. Honey, did you not hear him just say regurgitated bile? All I heard was all you can eat. Are you saying it never freezes there? Not unless the Cubs win the World Series. Oh, sweet. What do you think, hon? Oh, my God. I can't believe you're considering this. If you're not happy with your hellish getaway, feel free to sue us. We've got like a gajillion lawyers, and they're bored. I'm sold. How do we sign up? Just call the number carved into your forehead. Do you have operators standing by? Actually, it's a really complicated and confusing automated phone system because, you know, hell. But hey, if you act now, you'll qualify to be hurled into a molten pit of decapitated heads at no extra charge. Hear that, hon? You know how much you love hot tubs. (laughs) Well, at least we'll be out of the f***ing snow. Bring them all timeshares. They aren't all located in hell. It just seems like it. It's our way of making sure you haven't missed anything. This is Bob and Tom Extra. Daryl Hammond Hammond is joining us the telephone. Hey, Daryl, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, very good. Um, It's always a pleasure to speak to you, and I I have to start the interview by pointing out that the title of your book cannot be stated on the radio. Um, (laughs) But uh, Daryl is is a great stand-up comedian, 
known for his incredible skill, uh, especially to many on uh, on the show Saturday Night Live uh, for many, many years. The book, though, is very serious about your life, and uh, I hesitate to... Uh, I'm not sure how to describe it. You have gone through some very rough times and uh, ended up okay. The title is, by the way, God, if you're not up there, I'm... And then we begin with... Blanked. Blank. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, things going well for you these days, Daryl? You feeling good? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I I think the title was a. The title came from a, when I was in a Caribbean jail, and um, I didn't actually say that prayer. I didn't know any prayers, but the prayer I said was, "God, if you're not up there and participating, uh, I'm in so much trouble." Dot dot dot. I'm. Blank, so. <laughs> I, just to be clear, I'm, you know, I hope the good Lord knows I wasn't blaspheming, taking his name in vain. But it's an interesting title. The problem with it being that it, you know you couldn't really sell it in Walmart or or the, or the airport or or, or you know um, Target, um, which is where you sell books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, did, was there a little back and forth with the editor when you said, well, "I really want to call it this"? I, there was a little bit of, of back and forth because I've traveled around the country a great deal, and I know that putting the word God and then putting the other expletive deletive in the same sentence, is, you know, it's 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 dangerously close to, you know, blaspheming one of the Ten Commandments. And um, whether people, you know, sort of pursue um, that spiritual lifestyle in their everyday lifestyle in their everyday life is one thing, but on the other hand, just in case. We don't want to be doing that. And um, I mean, I was in Mobile, Alabama. I signed a whole bunch of copies. Uh, I didn't sign any copies of my book, but I signed. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. That's that's the truth. It was already a New York Times bestseller, and I didn't sign one copy of my book. Um, but I signed many copies of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> so. I, I, which also I, was coming out, you know, at, at, at around the same time. Um, but let oh me well. let me interrupt for one second. It's my understanding that you have done a an audio book version of this that you read. Um, is that correct? Yeah, the the book came out on Audible, Amazon Audible, a, a couple of weeks ago, and it's been playing pretty well. I think they, it was at Amazon's number one uh, editor's pick one week. You know. So it's not bad, but yeah, I read the book and perform all the characters. There are probably a hundred of hundred or so characters. Yeah, that's what we were asking when we were talking about this about an hour ago. Because I uh, I swim all the time and I have an iPod waterproof, so I get lots and lots of books on tape as they go. Mm-hmm. Or what do you call audio books? I guess is is the new term. And I was kind of wondering because have you ever experienced an audio book where the where the author is trying to do the uh, the the female characters and they're not really good at changing their voice around and. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and I confess that's not my strong suit, but I did my best. <laughs> um, there was a there was a uh, a prostitute in the book that I I really liked my portrayal of her. I thought it was very accurate, um, but she was a little bit more masculine than <laughs> than, than other high end ladies of the evening might have been. When you, so, when you sit down to do this, obviously it takes you, I assume, several days, and there's some director there, and you're reading your own book. Did you change it around at all, or did you just read it exactly verbatim? They 
I did it verbatim. I mean, we read some of the stories in front of a live audience, and I think there's a, a companion piece of the thing. I, that some people were calling it a stand-up album for a while, but it's not. It's it's we read some of the stories in front of a live crowd, and, and ended up some of them were pretty funny, so they made a separate tape. But um, yeah, I was I'd say it was about two weeks, uh, maybe two. Um, I don't know, six hours a day until my voice gave out, which happened, you know, around the third or fourth day. Wow. We're speaking, by the way, with Daryl Hammond, comedian and uh, author, and your your life story is has got some really difficult spots, and I know that we hear all, all the time about various celebrities and their, their ups and downs, but in your case, some of this stuff is really serious. Well, it is, and, and you know... Um, you know, I had um, a lifetime of sort of, you know, self, not sort of, exactly, uh, self-mutilation and um, not really being able to understand why until I, you know, inadvertently ended up in a, a, ha- a hospital in upstate New York with a doctor who was about 50 years ahead of his time and was able to get up inside my head and figure out why I'd been behaving that way all these years and you know there's there's a cause and there's the effect there's always a reason when there's aberrant behavior and i think the thing that i took away from my whole experience there was that mental illness is not an airborne virus you know and it's in my case i'd say it was probably more of a mental injury um it was a very you know on the one hand you had this this dad is a war hero that has PTSD, is obsessed with Nazis in ways that were almost, you know, when you look at it in retrospect, almost comical. Um, But on the other hand, at the end of his life, he was able to say, you know, in his deathbed, some really moving things about he was a good soldier but a bad dad, and it was a beautiful thing. And on the other hand, you have the other parent who's just a uh, um, sort of hiding in the church, which is where a lot of a lot of bad guys hide, you know. Um, and then no one to come help me. But out of all of that, which is the weird part of it, is that you know my mother could talk like other people, and then it turned out so could I. And one of the things we could do that you know um, a mother and child do, um, you know, instead of playing tiddlywinks or taking a walk in the park, we could. Uh, we could talk like other people, and we used to do that with a Christmas carol. You know, we used to do all the parts from the Christmas carol. That was before the age of 10, wow. you know, when that was happening. So some of it sounds pretty interesting to me when I listen to it now, but, you know, after you've been talking about yourself for about 10 days straight, it gets pretty dull, but well, me, well, I had to circle back back around a couple minutes later and, and, and look at it with fresh eyes. Well, I'm looking forward to I've read parts of the book uh, when it came out. And I'm looking forward to listening to it while while swimming. <laughs> the the audio book, the audio book of Daryl Hammond's uh, book is done. Let, let me ask this: When you first started doing stand up, and you you stopped by here many years ago in person, it was a just absolutely terrific visit. And uh, a lot of it was just pure stand up; it wasn't voices. When when you work today, right. when you work today, are you doing a lot of what we might call pure stand up, or a lot of the voices coming out? What's the typical show like? Well, you, yeah, you got to do that. I mean, they're they're coming to see you because of work. They saw you doing Saturday Night Live, and I was, I had converted into a pure stand up before I got SNL, and SNL hired me to do impressions, to talk like other people, to replace Phil Hartman, and uh, that became quote unquote my brand. And that's what people came to see. And so, yeah, I 
do lot, lots of voices. What was know, the first? What was the be... What was the first one that you did well, in your opinion? At SNL or in my no, life? In your life, I mean, other than maybe your math teacher, is there was there a famous? I, person? I, yeah, I mean, I think I did Popeye pretty well. You know, I think that I spent <laughs> about two years of my life. This is, a, I mean, this is the, you know, the story of a of a real nerd. Um, I spent probably two years of my life figuring out the vowel and consonant changes. Um, when he's scat singing on his way to olive oil. I mean, my voice is a little low this morning, but it's sort of like, Oh, man, that's God, great. That is so great. So good. <laughs> I mean, it took me two years to figure that out, and then after that I went into uh, Porky Pig's vowel and consonant changes, you know, that sort of, uh, well, we'll be you, Sylvester. Uh, we'll be you. Uh, uh, what are you uh, doing? You know. So that was the next. You know. Now I'm up at around the age of nine, and and uh, in between, you know, there was my mother and I doing the parts from a Christmas Carol, which I do in the book. I do, I think, uh, two parts of, from Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're speaking with Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond's book uh, is uh, called God. If you're up. Excuse me, God. If you're not up there, I'm, and then something, uh, and it's now available as an audio book. And if you're like me, it's, I love audiobooks. I don't know if you ever do it, Daryl, but when you're driving, rather than listening to music, I just love listening to a book. And uh, I will often. I used to drive around the country with Billy Gardell, who later was the star on the show Mike and Molly. Sure. We started out together, and there's a, we would drive. I mean, we drove as far as, as Missouri, we drove as far as New York City from Orlando, Florida, and we listened to audiobooks all the time. The classics that I never really listen to in my life you know it turns out they're wonderful books and you know so we did a lot of that that and and uh, paul mccartney's left-handed bass and you know so those two things got us through all those road trips well um, <laughs> once again we're speaking um with with daryl hammond about his his audio book uh, you you said that uh, popeye was the first one you did when you started going on stage what were the first sort of human being celebrities that you were able to grab their voices uh, um, I did Popeye on stage in a shameless bit about being in bed with olive oil. I did Porky <laughs> Pig in a shameless bit. I did Mr. Haney from Green Acres in a shameless bit. Um, that means not radio-friendly, I'm assuming. Well, it's not, it's not even that they're blue. It's that they're, they're what you call a hack. They're hacky. They're really bad bits. But it was an excuse for me to do an impression. And, and when I was first starting out, I really wasn't very funny, but I was getting a lot of applause breaks, and that's the best I could do in the beginning. The first four or five years of being a stand-up are pretty rough. Yeah. What uh, in, in your contemporary work when you're on stage, is there a, a particular piece that you do that is the oldest piece that you still do? There's a piece I have about marriage that I've done forever, and it was on a... Um, yeah. I probably did it for you. Yeah, and we we played it um, an this hour morning. ago. <laughs> I, it's brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant. We, yeah, I mean, we'll, we can play it, it again it in, in a few minutes. Oh God, it's so like, funny. Well, like if I do if I do a college and they don't they have never you know an audience has never really thought about marriage. I just talk about living with your your boyfriend or girlfriend, and it it comes out the same way because you know the house becomes a peculiar place when. Two lovebirds decide to nest there, you know. <laughs> the the line about hiding behind the curtains 
is one of the funniest things I have ever. <laughs> Daryl Hammond is yeah. our guest. Daryl, so are you? You're okay now? I because there's obviously you, you talk about some mental health issues. You're are you? Uh, things going really well for you since the? I mean, <laughs> I think they're going well for me. But I mean, I I I live a a life where I you know I do cognitive therapy, I do yoga, I go to the gym, I do I do twelve step programs. I mean, I do the stuff you have to do, you know, to sort of stay on track, but. My life's going well because I had uh, Saturday Night Live money, and I lucked into this one doctor um, who I spent most of my money on, and the rest of the money went to my daughter's college education. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. This question may sound um, like it came from a, an, uh, the perspective of an idiot. No oh boy. Did you ever, in the course of your, um, uh, of your therapy with your, uh, with your doctor, did he did he or she ever ask you to do any voices? No, but there was a period where, you know, there was there've been at least two doctors who were hell-bent on proving that anyone that could do what I did for a living was actually a, a multiple personality. Um so they experimented with that, but no, no one actually asked me to perform um although there've been lots of other really sort of seedy uh, interactions with people who were like, well, you wouldn't mind doing Bill Clinton, now, would you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? While you're getting a prostate exam. Yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, uh, during the prostate exam, I mean, let's get real. I mean, yeah, that was very uncomfortable. Yeah, the, the woman said to me, what would Clinton say? There's today's edition of the Bob and Tom Extra for you. Make sure you catch us every weekday afternoon at 3. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. For the Bob and Tom Show, this is Christopher speaking. Have a great one.